Brazilian funk that was playing was like ta tranquilo ta favorable and it was like this uh, 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 and it was just a very you know rooted like that dirty grungy type of sound that makes your hips move and when I let go I mean it was just for the first time in my life feeling my body fully and completely so it was a moment of full transcendence and full transformation and connected to the one all to the universe in that moment and then i was like oh my god i can't believe that this is what the majority of the people in the world feel feeling entrapped in their bodies not being able to fully self express so when i found that joy I was like, wow, I need to carry this forward. Welcome to Crazy Wisdom. I'm your host, Luke Antrup. Crazy Wisdom is our show about the wild, the unexpected and interesting places we find ourselves in during our quest to live a life of deeper meaning and deeper truth. My hope is with each conversation and each story, you discover a new part of yourself on your journey towards making the most out of this one wild and precious life. This is a Soulfire production. Well, I am thrilled to welcome to this week's show, Yaritza Fedrao. Welcome to the show, Yadi. Ah, oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yes. So I want to paint a picture about how I met you. We are in the foothills of the Sierras under some redwoods and the night sky is glorious. We see stars, there's fire, there's a stage and people are milling about and they've had a day of practice and, and, you know, just kind of doing their thing, doing their own thing. And suddenly a bit of like global techno starts playing a bit and, and some tribal beats, right? And this amazingly wonderful, lovely woman steps on the stage with some serious goddess vibes. And she, in a matter of five minutes, takes a crowd that's milling about kind of quietly and somewhat, I don't know, mundane, a mundane quality to it. And within five minutes, the entire place is dancing with a level of freedom that I is so rare, ecstatic dancing, connecting with each other, screaming in ecstasy and enjoying the beauty of being alive. And this happened in like five minutes. And this is, this is my friend Yadi. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to have you on today and and just understand, first of all, how that is possible that a group of people can go from zero to ecstatic bliss in five minutes. And to really understand, it's very clear when I meet someone like you that like there's usually like decades of practice and in personal examination in there. So we'd love to just understand a little bit about your journey with movement and sound and examining your own heart and mind. How's that sound? Yeah. Wow. I didn't even realize it only took five minutes, but thank you for painting that picture. And yeah, I can totally see how the energy shifts rather quickly because, you know, I, I think what, what happens is that there's like a certain, you know, energy happening in a room and this is like a one, two punch that all of a sudden disrupts the energy and you're like, whoa, I'm activated. I'm alert. What's happening? What just took place? And I can see how that occurred, but you know, it, it's definitely been many years of 
of practice and the way that it started for me. I mean, I've been in the field of transformation for 20 years. It started in health and fitness industry since I was 19 years old. And that basically, I ended up, you know, doing television shows for MTV and for TLC. I was a weight loss coach and, and transformational trainer on those two shows that I did. And, you know, took a lot of inner standing and a lot of interpersonal work in order to get there because I was actually a really shy kid and you wouldn't tell by what you saw that day that felt like, oh, just magic. This is just who she is. And that's, you know, the reason why I can connect to people really deeply because I, I do understand heavily the, the levels of, uh, you know, feeling like you don't fit in, feeling like you've been rejected or your expression has been suppressed to some degree, whether that's been by societal norms, conditions, your parents, your environment, people telling you what's right, what's wrong, what's appropriate, what's inappropriate. And for me, being born in Puerto Rico and living there until the age of seven, I did have a musical imprint and an aliveness that was there because from ages zero to seven, that's when you're actually absorbing the world in. And that's what pretty much makes up the rest of your life. So at least I had those imprints in me. Um, and there's of course other imprints by my mom and my dad. And there was definitely some shame around sexuality and also definitions about what success is. And we all have, you know, these imprints since we're young. And so for me, basically my mom met my stepdad at the age of seven and we suddenly just, I moved to Stuart, Florida. So here I am like this, this alive kind of child and then moved to Stuart, Florida, didn't speak English language. And that's where a lot of the shift and change started to happen for me because it was a shock. And, and then I had to learn English really quickly. Then we moved to Tennessee. And then in Tennessee, I definitely didn't fit in, which caused me to become very introverted and shy. And it caused me to feel so insecure that I would look down at the floor when having conversations with people. And I remember when we moved back to Miami, there was these two kids in my classroom that were like, Yadi, why do you always look down at the floor when we're talking to you? And you know, that's a sign of insecurity, right? And then I looked down at the floor again. I'm like, I don't know. And you know, I was like still kind of in shock that they even told me that and pointed out something that I knew I did but was sort of on autopilot. And they were like, well, we're going to help you out. And we're going to practice looking into each other's eyes whenever we have conversation. And so for three whole days in my math class, my sophomore year, uh, I practiced with these two kids that were really wise at that age to help me out and started to help me break through some of the insecurities. And by day three, I was already looking at people in their eyes, like straightforward. So that was like the initiation of coming out of my shell and, you know, little by little, then I took, you know, theater class in my, in my senior year, like, okay, what's the most fearful thing I can do being that I am so introverted yet wanted to be seen and, and loved and appreciated. I did the thing that scared me the most. And that was to be on stage in a theater, you know, class. And then that led to doing fitness competition. I figured, okay, well, 
I think I could be really good at this, right? It's almost like I needed to prove myself to the world and what I'm capable of, and more importantly, to myself. But then in proving to the world, uh, there's always a, almost like a, a slingshot back because at the end of the day, when you're trying to prove something externally, that means that you're also kind of imprisoned because now you, you are enslaved to what other people think about you. And so the whole journey of being in my body and doing fitness and all of that actually led to spirituality and being like, wow, I have this body. How come I'm still miserable? I did it. I got the fucking trophy in my hand and I'm still feeling like now I'm, I'm even further disconnected because now I have to upkeep this body and I have to maintain this strict diet and I have to do all these things just so that I can feel loved and accepted. And so that began really the journey of understanding and discovering myself. And of course, through teaching others and serving others and helping them get their bodies, that also gave me a lot of reflection. So I was also a student of what made people tick and energetically being able to have somebody feel uh, safe in your presence so that they can transform. So it was a lot of psychology that needed to be utilized and ultimately coming from my heart. And then ayahuasca at the age of 28 <laughs> and that was a whole nother stepping stone. And then finally, when I was 35 years old, I felt so trapped in my body and, uh, in the sense of not from a not from a workout standpoint or not necessarily even from feeling confident in my body but rather the expression that wanted to come through me and one of my biggest fears was to dance explicitly hmm. and i didn't i didn't want to do it because i felt like it's going to be too much i felt like people might criticize me it might be way too sexy. It might be considered sexual. And I don't want that kind of attention. And, you know, the belief systems, what my mom, my mom, my, like all of these things start to pop up in my head. But it was such a level of suffocation at that point, because the way that I felt, even though I was doing fitness, it felt a little cookie cutter and it felt mundane. And I was also married and it just felt like I was trapped in this routine Monday mundane life, go to work and then repeat, rinse, recycle. And I couldn't do it anymore. And so finally, it was just one day after my divorce um, that I decided to, it wasn't even a decision, actually. It was just the force of nature that moved through me when I heard a song while I'm dancing with a few of my friends that were very expressed, musically oriented. And I saw them and they gave me the inspiration to break out because I felt like I couldn't even fit in with them. You know, I called upon these group of people after being married and having like one friend in LA. I wrote out like, I want to be surrounded with musically oriented, talented, sexually open, open-minded individuals. And then they showed up and then I felt like, oh shit, now I'm here in front of these people. And now... I have to unleash myself because I can't, it felt like I couldn't coexist in being with them because I wasn't being authentic to me. So they really got me inspired to just come out fully. And when I danced, I literally 
just exploded because it was so suppressed. And it was this like Brazilian funk that was playing. It was like, ta tranquilo, ta favorable. And it was like this, uh, 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 uh. And it was just a very, you know, rooted, like that dirty, grungy type of sound that makes your hips move. And when I let go, I mean, it was just for the first time in my life feeling my body fully and completely. So it was a moment of full transcendence and full transformation and connected to the one all to the universe in that moment. And then I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that this is what the majority of the people in the world feel, feeling entrapped in their bodies, not being able to fully self-express. And that's what it was. It was like an activation of the space. It's almost like I demonstrated the dance. Here's how, here's how we're setting the tone and just gave them permission to express freely. And then by the end of that, like I had some women throwing up in my toilet. There's no substances, by the way. And that was just like the knowing and such levels of catharsis that women were telling me, this is the first time I've moved my hips like this. And I'm kind of like, what? You know, like it was just like mind blowing that these women who look very express have never actually shaken themselves at that level of pure joy and pleasure and expression without holding back. So it was like this very uninhibited dance experience. And then a few months later, I just caught on that, oh, this is way bigger than than this. And this is for men and women. And this is not a playlist. This is a DJ. And so this is like, I want to sparkle people. I want to decorate them. I want to make them feel like they're coming into a world. So that's how Unleashed started. I heard my DJ, like I heard sounds that were like, oh yeah, those are the sounds that I'm looking for and brought him over. I was like, I've never done this before. And here's a guy who's done Cirque du Soleil, who, you know, master DJ artist. And he was on board with me and he believed in me. And what's uh, his name? Danny G. Yeah. Yeah. He's, He's definitely played at Burning Man. He's had Mm -hmm. 3000 people there, you know, so very advanced individual. And I had never even held an event. However, I was so excited and so fearful simultaneously that I just did what I had to do. I just went right through it. And, and that's the basis of Unleash is two principles is follow your highest excitement and lean into your fears that's how you unleash yourself. Right. So like you kind of follow the things that make your heart tick and also lean into the things that you're most afraid of, because look what happened for me. I leaned into one of my biggest fear was, which was dancing in front of people that led to an entire movement that here I am five years later, just two weeks after Burning Man, that I just like did the thing and it wasn't perfect until like it became something. And it's been thousands of people that have come through from, from the world, not just from the United States, but people have like flown in from Romania and Germany and London. And you're just like, whoa, I did the thing. And I'm surrounded by artists, musicians, open-minded individuals who are sexually liberated. Go me. <laughs> you know, it was like, it's a total manifestation. And, and for people to come into the space and really uh, have the permission to express this feeling, this freely, because 
it really depends on your environment, you know, how you're able to show up. And if the people also that are in those environments are very expressed, it's going to be so much easier for you to be like, oh, okay, well, I can let go here. You know, that feels safe for me to do, to do that thing. And it's kind of like what you experience within five minutes time. It was on, but it was many years, right? It was like many years in the making. Um, And I just, yeah, I just really encourage people to really follow your highest excitement. Yeah. I mean, first of all, fuck yes. (laughs) Hell yes. Like this is, you know, the, I think we can feel from Yadi, like how much your just all in-ness about life and your commitment to like going big it's it's uh, it's certainly like manifested this movement, the Unleash movement, but it's also like there's an invitation in for other people to like to find their own purpose and their own kind of personal power. And, you know, I, a couple of things I'm struck by in your story, this origin story is, you know, this is like a great example of sometimes our wound is our greatest gift. Often our wound is our greatest gift when we have the courage to turn around and face the painful things of the past and the ways that, you know, in your case, like this pretty disruptive move and the shyness and all of that when we when we have the courage to really turn around and face that there's often it's healing for us but there's often a great gift to the world in that and so i think your your origin story is just like a classic example of kind of um, wounded healer if you will or like making the making the the wound the gift to the world totally i always say like like turn your pains into powers, mm-hmm. you know, and we all have an ability to feel that contrast so much so that you're like, well, what's on the other side mm-hmm. of that spectrum? You know, what's on the complete opposite end of that. And it just takes, you know, somebody to really take a deeper look. Yeah. And there's something really inspiring, you know, hearing a story like yours. I hope that the people that, you know, our listeners, this crazy wisdom community, can see some dream of their own or some hurt or pain of their own that they also can go big with, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's something contagious about that. Right. And when we go for our dreams, it invites others into that. So unleash is this movement. It's, it's a, you know, a multi-day experience, immersive experience around personal growth and it's substance free. It's, it's, you know, you've at this point touched thousands of people and, from what I've seen, it's like, it's very much focused on these principles of like creativity and personal freedom, right? Freedom of expression. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious if you would like give us a few textures of like, what is, what would we see at an event like this? And, and, you know, partly describing what I experienced with you, which is, you know, there's some dance, there's some vocalization, there's some breath. Can you talk us through some of the experiences? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the cool thing about Unleash is why it's always ever changing too, is because we always have a theme that sort of comes through and I'm like, oh, that's what's, that's what the next theme is, you know, and it's just sort of channeled. And that also means that it's going to be focused on a particular area. So last one was in Austin and it was called Life Reinvented. And Life Reinvented is even about like taking a look at the most subtle crevices that, you know, seem normal in your life because you've sort of tolerated a few things. But if you were to take the deeper look into those crevices, you would see that if you either like, you know, eliminate those tolerances that you're having or take a deeper look at 
what those subtleties are, then you can transform your entire life. And so in this particular event, I mean, we always tend to have like bases and foundation. Like you said, there's going to be playfulness, creativity, adornment, bedazzlement. I like for people to feel like they're in celebration of life as soon as they walk in the door. And there's dance, 1000%. I guide the dance journey and really prompt people to lean into their edges because even what you saw that day, if, if it were just left to a DJ DJing, like the energy in the room wouldn't have popped in five minutes. So there is a certain ceremonial MC master of ceremony aspect to it that creates an even like more profound experience, because that means if I can take you there sooner, then you're likely to gain so much more throughout the experience as well. And in, in at Unleash, a couple of things are covered that are really important, which is consent. So we have consent talks from the beginning of when Unleash starts. Like we don't, we have everyone, we have, it's a closed container, meaning you can't just come in on day two because you've missed that part of consent and, you know, what Unleash is all about and what we're doing there essentially. And so it's really important that people see this as a full on immersive transformational experience. It's not just a regular festival where you can like just show up and attend one thing and, you know, whatever you want. This is really a personal development type of experience just done in the most playful way possible. So we have various different types of artists, whether it's hip hop artists, freestyle, you learn how to beatbox sometimes. It just depends what we want to bring in to get you, you know, doing things that you may have not thought of doing. And then when you do it, you're like, oh my God, this is so fun. Right. And we bring even more creativity out of people. We include EFT, emotional freedom technique, for instance. We include sometimes tantra work, which is just, you know, a lot of presencing and just connection with energy, which is really important. But the consent is what I think allows Unleashed to feel like you're in a really safe space because there's a lot of wounding between the the masculine and the feminine and, you know, feeling women specifically feeling safe enough to dance that explicitly. And then, of course you know, the men also, because the men are kind of told the kind of, they're the cool guy over there with a drink at the bar, right? Like, and this really allows the men to be expressed in ways that they hadn't been before and allow that primal, like, ooh, ha, like, you know, chanting even from the men that gets to happen. And it becomes a really like ancient, like, this is stuff that we've been doing since five ever ago, right? And we're just bringing it back and, and modernizing it in a way that is digestible to our future selves. And I think it's important to, you know, include some sparkles in there, you know, to create that levity in the, in the experience. You know, just the moment we're in right now, we're just coming out of like so much isolation with the pandemic and just people feeling so disconnected and uh, from each other mostly, but also from themselves. And these types of experiences that you've created, I think are really the medicine that we need in this moment that we're in, which is coming together in community in a way that has greater depth, has elements of ecstasy and, and joy and pleasure and 
just being able to move our bodies a lot and being in a kind and fundamentally, it's like kind of a tribal experience of like being together as one in a celebration of, you know, love and all the good things of life. And, you know, it's just to me, it occurs as like that's the moment that this is what this moment calls for right now more so than any other time in my life. There's a way in which we can talk about concepts of freedom and creativity, and we can talk about uh, finding one's unique expression, their full potential. And it's an entirely different experience to move that through one's body, to actually embody it through dance and through vocalization. So much of our culture is very kind of mental and kind of rational. It's based basically from the shoulders up. And what I loved about the experience I had with you and just, you know, I mean, this is something I work on constantly with my, in my own programs and with my own clients is like actually bringing it down into the body and, and what does it look like to fully move it through the body? I'm just curious if you, you know, your, your thoughts about this. Oh, 1000%. This is the fastest way is like how, if you know it in your body, like, Mm -hmm. You can move forward with with greater confidence, with ease, with grace. And the embodiment piece is actually, in my opinion, the greatest access to spirituality and to also the greatest access to what can be done from a creative perspective in the world. Like, so you're connecting through your body, you're going to be connecting to your mental and your spiritual body, like at the same exact time. So it's, it's literally transcendent because it's in the moment. It's right there. It's happening. You're feeling your feelings in that moment, whether the insecurities come up at that time, and then you're able to move past them because you're moving your body, right? You're it's, it's that whole thing about energy and motion, right? Like it's, how can you emote and express? Expression is the antidote to suppression and depression. So that's the fastest way, the most accelerated form, in my opinion, to get there. This is like biohacking, right? And it's done in a way that's uh, connected, community-oriented, so much playfulness. Because you can use devices to biohack. I was just at a biohacking conference and they're cool gadgets and they're fun and that's cool, but it doesn't necessarily connect you and allow you to have relationship with other people and create love that can be experienced between human beings, right? And I really believe in the power of all of us coming together and experiences, in my opinion, is where it's at because it's like in you, you got it, it's here, you remember it. Yeah. And this is, this is why people will have experiences like this and say, I got more out of this than 20 years of talk therapy, right? This is why, because you're experiencing it on a cellular level, you're experiencing the release of emotions and all sorts of, you know, hormones in the body are shifting and releasing and there's just a it's a deeper anchoring around this totally you know and i'm going to share something really quick about a couple of things yeah. that have happened um for other people so for instance some people have had like substance addiction and some of them have had weed addiction because they were trying to like get rid of their lower back pain and so they ended up becoming addicted to marijuana and they come to unleash and then they message me and they're like, my, my back pain is completely gone, like completely gone. And so they don't even go back to the addictive behaviors that they had because now they, what they were missing is the joy, the connection, the remembrance of oneself to let that go. There's other people that have ended their 13 year marriage 
because they finally had the courage to do it because they they finally embodied what it what they really felt like. And they're like, this is not my truth any longer. People have adopted the van life after that. People have women have shaved their heads because they were like, I want to uh, like almost start my identity over. I want to feel beautiful without all of this, you know, stuff. Some some people have derobed and become naked at unleash and that's not a requirement it's just that's how that's how safe and how good they felt and they're like now continuing after that experience to be so confident in so many other places after they've come there some people have gotten married from being i just had you know a couple named sequoia and phoenix had had a baby and invite me to their baby shower that met at unleash the amount of people that fall in love is crazy Like, I can't even tell you how many messages I have received from the people that they've met, that they've continued relationships, and also even business relationships that they have found there. It's, it's pretty incredible. And you won't get it until you experience it, right? It's like, I can tell you about this all day long. And it's, it's in the body that you're like, like, I get it now. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. So, you know, there's this theme that I that I'm kind of hearing between the lines here that I want to ask you about. And the idea is like pleasure for the sake of pleasure, right? Joy for the sake of joy. Specifically, though, let's talk about pleasure, right? Like feeling pleasure in one's body, whether it's erotic or not, it can just be feeling good. And you alluded to it, you know, with, you know, the first time you did this with women like moving their hips in a way that they've never moved for their own pleasure, not for anyone else's. We talk about this a bit around consent, right? Making a space so safe that anyone can experience their own pleasure in a way and not be concerned about somebody else coming, you know, coming in and wanting or needing or pushing themselves on, on another person, right? And there is, I think, especially for women, but just for humans, there's this experience often that pleasure is about someone else, and to connect to one's own pleasure is can be such a healing experience. And I'm just wondering if you, you know, just very curious your point of view on this of like pleasure for the simple sake of pleasure. I 1000% am on board with you. It's like, you know, outcomes at Unleash happen by way of just the the order of nature, right? But when you go there, it's not like you're looking for an outcome. You're just going there for the sake to experience pleasure and joy and nothing more. Like children play for the sake of playing, right? They're not focused on like, oh, when I do this, then I get this, right? There's there's not needing anything else. And so we become children again is, is what happens. And to be able to experience that since we are adults and since we've had a lot of wounding and circumstances that have created us to be manipulative and getting our needs met from other people and taking and, you know, so that we can feel loved, then, you know, this really affords us the ability to experience pleasure for the sake of pleasure, which I mean, how liberating is that, that I'm not dancing or you're not dancing for somebody else or literally like you don't even need. I'm like, you're so stoked on just dancing with yourself that you don't care. Like, and then you both meet 
like if you were to meet a person there, you're both meeting because you're own individually in your sovereign pleasure, not because you're trying to get something from each other necessarily. It's because both of you are on, on that same wavelength and frequency of like, wow, this is so cool. You and I have the commonality of just being sovereign in ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well said. So a few things kind of shaped this, you know, this offering for you that you mentioned a couple of um, experiences in your life. Um, you mentioned divorce was being, was one of them, like your, your own, I'm just, I'm curious for you. I mean, know for me, while one of the most painful periods of my life, it has proven to be one of the most catalytic experiences, my marriage ending and sent me on a multi-year journey of deep, deep examination in my own heart and soul and my particularly around how I relate to others, to women and, and my relationship to women and has been very incredibly catalytic for me. And I'm just curious, you also mentioned divorce being kind of a very important moment in your life. And I'm curious if there's anything you would share about that for yourself. Yeah, I was in a relationship uh, with this man who I ended up marrying for a total of seven years. And I felt during the relationship the entire time that I think I was going into it for the wrong reasons. Once, you know, that he asked me to marry him, I was, I was going for it in the sense of like that feeling of, um, cool. Like I don't need to look for anyone else to love me. I'll be safe. Right. And I think I, I went into it from that perspective rather than, you know, the celebration of being in union and how and because I didn't go into it that way, naturally it would end, you know, in, in a divorce. And also I wasn't able to be my full self. And I felt very entrapped in that marriage because I was more of a go-getter and he always questioned everything and said no to a lot of things. I'm like, but why, you know? And so I always felt like I had to carry him forward. And what was in my mind was that I could see the potential, you know, I was like seeing this potential that this man had to be right there with me in the growth and evolution. And because of losing sight of his potential, I didn't actually discover myself until I was out of the marriage, until I was like, I can no longer live passionless. I mean, my libido wasn't even there. And I'm obviously, you see, I'm a very expressed person. This is actually like my five-year-old self. And I wasn't that at all. I got depressed. I There was times that I couldn't even eat for a whole month. I had to sleep in between clients. I had a stomachache every day of my life. And your body is your messenger. And your body is always telling you and giving you signs. As soon as I made the choice, and yes, I grieved it because naturally you would grieve something like that. But it was actually very short-lived, the grief that I felt because I was coming into alignment with myself. And I was doing it because I knew that... I just couldn't live that life that was inauthentic to me anymore. And I needed to find myself. Hmm. So it was beautiful when it happened, read him, you know, and then he got married to another woman that he's still with, you know, from that moment. So it's all perfect. You know, what's best for me, it's actually best for you too. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I think there's a way, I mean, obviously the, the ideal way to do this is to, 
in the same way we talked about pleasure for the sake of pleasure, it's like when we can really be rooted in our own truth and our own desires and know ourselves in a deeper way, then relationship to others becomes more potent and powerful when it's not coming from such a needy place. So I think that's a, that's a great example of that. You also mentioned ayahuasca, which has been, you know, part of my journey as well for many years and um, not so much recently, but, you know, I mean, I, I think I first sat with, with ayahuasca probably come, coming up on almost 20 years ago, at least 15, and uh, was also very catalytic for me and kind of opening up a new way of being and just kind of seeing the world in a different way. And I got curious when you mentioned that, how that's informed your own journey. Oh, for sure. You know, I, I believe that there's many different medicines, you know, mm -hmm. available to us in the world, including things that are so natural, like breath work or mm -hmm. like exercise, or, you know, these are very simple things that our body already has access to. Um, however, ayahuasca, I, it was my first substance that I'd ever use. And it, I just went well, big, <laughs> really big at, the, wow. at the age of 28. And it, it literally opened my entire consciousness. I, I had been reading books for five years prior to that because I was still on a journey to, you know, connecting to a higher power. And like, I started the spiritual journey right around 22. Um, and I just read every book under the sun, a return to love, the power of now, you know, like chicken soup for the soul, like all, all the books that you can imagine for five years. And then Somebody introduced me to actually it was my best friend who I helped her out and then she accelerated me <laughs> into, okay, now I'm good. Now do you want to do ayahuasca? <laughs> so it was, uh, it was really beautiful because what that allowed me to see was, was God consciousness. It was, it allowed me to see how everything is connected, how we are nothing and everything at the same exact time. And I asked, and my intention was to be able to see everything. And I did. And it took me five years to integrate that information. So I didn't actually revisit Aya for, for another five years. And it also allowed me to release judgment, which was the biggest block that I had. I was very judged as a child. And therefore, I also judged other people. And finally, I remember doing that ayahuasca that it was this very felt embodied sense of, I'm so sorry, Yadi, I'm so sorry. And it was like this complete forgiveness to myself and therefore a forgiveness and, and almost like an asking for forgiveness to everyone that I had ever judged. And I think from that moment forward, uh, you know, I started to see a world of possibility that I couldn't have seen before without it. And I will say that I feel like Unleash has become the ayahuasca without ayahuasca. So if you don't like throwing up <laughs> in a way that you are not necessarily in that kind of altered state of being, you mm -hmm. feel like you're in an alternate world. And there will be points in time that you feel like, is this my alternate reality? So I think, you know, the cool thing about Unleash is that it's embodied right away. So when we do psychedelics, I find that, you know, it takes us a hot second to kind of like gather all of that information and bring it back down to earth because it's so much that you see. 
that it can be overwhelming. And unless you have somebody to do integrative therapy with you after, it can be challenging at times. But I'm all for, you know, plant medicines and psilocybin, and all of that. And in their in, in the dosage that, you know, will help you. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, for me, ayahuasca has shown me aspects of my life in a way that I never have seen myself. You know, it, it has always shown me what I've needed to see. Sometimes it's been very painful showing me my shadows and my own shortcomings and where I'm out of integrity with myself and others and where I've caused harm, like very painful experiences of like, Ooh, very hard truths. Yeah. Very hard truths. But at the same time, just exquisitely held feeling like a sense of belonging and being held and at home on planet earth, which mm-hmm. at times is really hard, especially when the earth is in the condition it's in and what humans are doing to it. Sometimes it's like hard to kind of really feel safe, you know, and, and be held. And some of the deepest moments of just being in a place of deep relaxation and feeling part of the earth and not separate from it have come through, through ayahuasca. And I think it's really important probably the most important thing is to be in a container with somebody that's very trustworthy to guide you. And fortunately I found that, but I I remember some of my early experiences not having that and having really difficult journeys. And, and uh, I think there's a lot of kind of cavalier kind of amateurish (laughs) activity, especially with ayahuasca out there. And so, you know, I just would encourage the listeners here to just uh, find someone trustworthy that is kind of vetted for the reasons you're describing, because it is, it does do a bit of an ego deconstruction that can take some time to integrate. And um, I think it's important. I think it's important that that's yeah, and, well, and well think, held. Yeah. I think it's important, especially with these plant medicines that, you know, it is a person that has done this for many, many years. You know, I did it with a Shipibo tribe. I went down to the jungle and I ended up doing dieta, uh, you know, with, with some, you know, 30 year, of shamanship and also MD. And, you know, so it was held in a way that you felt safe because there are also charlatans out there. And I know that in Peru, there are some people like making up that it's ayahuasca and it's actually not. So, you know, for people to be, uh, yeah, like guided, you know, by way of word of mouth and, and recommendation and, you know, really knowing the history behind who's, who's guiding you, because it is a multi, uh, you know, multiverse that you're stepping into. And there's so much in the field that, yeah, you want to be with somebody that really knows. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right on. So, um, so as we start to bring this to, to a close, Mm -hmm. uh, where do people find you if they want to come be part of Unleash or they want to, they want to know more about your work? Where do we find Coach Yachty? Welp. You can find me on Instagram yes. at Unleash Movement, and that's Unleash without an ED and Movement altogether. And also at Coach Yachty for my personal page, and Unleash Movement.com. And you can check out the different experiences that we will be offering because now it's extended itself from the bigger experience, which is about 250 people. It still feels pretty private considerably in when you compare it to like the festival world. But then we also have specific retreats and these are specific to people that have an artist inside of them that they don't know how that's going to come out. And so this one's called Unleash Your Prayer Former. And it's about your performer and your prayer 
in combination because it's like, what is your earnest wish for the world? And through your enactment is the embodiment of your life's mission and what you really desire to bring out into the world in your authenticity and uniqueness. So, um, you know, that goes into public speaking, but with more dynamics involved and theatrics and vocal alchemy and freestyling. So it's really fun. Amazing. Okay. So you'll probably see me for those that are listening, that are going to go to an Unleash event. I think um, you'll probably see me there soon. So. Oh, yay. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. So this is Yari Fedrow. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, thank you, Yari. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Crazy Wisdom. If you like what you heard, please do rate and review the show on whatever platform you listen. This helps new people find the show. Maybe more importantly, it helps us grow our Crazy Wisdom community. My hope for you is between now and the next time you listen, that you try one new thing, one thing that would help you live a life of deeper purpose, deeper meaning, a life of greater love. And maybe that one thing is a little different, a little odd, a little intense, perhaps even a little crazy.